The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m., and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. In today's message, we continue our thoughts about the doctrine of election from Article 3 of the Articles of Faith of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. This article of faith reads as follows. We believe in the doctrine of election, predestination, and the final perseverance of the saints through grace, and that God chose his people in Christ before the world began. In examining what we do believe about the doctrine of election, It's important to understand what we do not believe. And we've been dealing with some of the misinformation out there about what primitive Baptists really believe about the doctrine of election. We started out looking at absolutism, the idea that God has predestinated all things that occur, all events that happen in life, including the sinful acts of men. And we've seen that old line primitive Baptists don't believe this, and we certainly don't believe this at Zion Church. Then we looked at the idea of double predestination, Some have it in their minds that God not only predestinated a people to be conformed to the image of his son, but also actively predestinated people to go to hell. We've seen that that's not true either. Man doesn't need God's help getting to hell. We're going there because Adam plunged us into sin, and that's the only option for man apart from the intervention of God. Today, we begin looking at a couple of other things that people think we believe. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, you think you're part of the chosen few? Well, in today's message, we try to dispel this idea that there is only a chosen few. It's clear from the word of God that there's a multitude that no man can number of God's people that are going to be in heaven. I hope through the message today, you'll be comforted by the fact that when we get to heaven, it's not just going to be primitive Baptists. It would be lonely indeed, would it not, if the only people in heaven were primitive Baptists I'm so thankful for every one of the members of our churches, but we're not known for having great numbers. No, my friends, there's going to be a multitude in heaven out of every kindred and nation and tongue and tribe. That's every church, every denomination, every race and ethnicity. Every nation will have representatives in heaven, and it will be a vast multitude and not just a chosen few. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Article 3 of the Articles of Faith of Zion Primitive Baptist Church reads as follows. We believe in the doctrine of election, predestination, and the final perseverance of the saints through grace, and that God chose his people in Christ before the foundation of the world. Article 4. We believe in the doctrine of original sin and impotency of man's recovery in and of himself from the fallen state in which he is in by nature. Article 5, we believe that sinners are justified only in the sight of God by the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Article 6, 
We believe that God's elect shall be called and regenerated and sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Those four articles that I just read really fit together uh, hand in glove. It's hard to separate them out because they all they deal with so much that's intertwined in the Word of God. But we've, we've done that by just focusing on one article at a time. This morning we talked about Article 3, which deals with the doctrine of election. The doctrine of election. Now... Maybe it's an uh, unusual approach, but I've, I've, based on the history of this area, I feel like it has been important that we understand what we do not believe at this church. Because as many know, this church for decades, for about 80 years, maybe 100 years, had slipped into absolutism, the, 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 the teaching that, that God has absolutely predestinated everything that occurs in life, including sin. And that somehow he is orchestrating all these things that occur and he is uh, manipulating them when it's clear from the word of God that he will not sully his hands with sin. He's of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look upon iniquity, Habakkuk tells us. You see, our God is not one who is down here as a puppet master making you scratch your head at the right time or, or cough at the right time or, or God forbid that we should believe that he is making you get drunk and get in your vehicle and drive down the wrong side of the highway and cause some terrible tragic accident. God's not doing that, you see. In fact, I heard it said one time, the new birth makes a battleground out of the heart. We can choose to please God or we can choose to not to please him, you see. Not, not talking about eternal things, talking about here and now. You didn't have to come tonight. You could have stayed away. You could have made that choice. You chose to come, and I believe that's pleasing to God. You could have chosen not to come, and I don't believe that would have been pleasing to God, you see. You could choose tomorrow to go back to the world and start cursing and swearing and acting like Someone who's not a child of God, and that would not be pleasing to God. Or you can choose to continue, feed, continue serving God as you are tonight with the Spirit of, the, of God flowing amongst you, and you could serve Him in a way that's pleasing to Him if you're a child of God who's been born again. Now, I'm not talking about a reprobate, Brother Craig. I'm not talking about someone who's never experienced a new birth, but we have some choices to make. We don't believe that everything is predestinated to occur we don't believe that we talked about that this morning and I, i'm not going to rehash it tonight but just understand we don't believe in the absolute predestination of all things something else we do not believe in that we dealt with this morning is double predestination that's a doctrine that many uh, uh hold to today in the reformed uh movement and and and, and many that uh that are historical figures who, who we would categorize as Calvinists uh, as opposed to Arminian. We, the, many of them held this position, including John Calvin, that uh, some were actively predestinated to go to heaven, others actively predestinated to go to hell. We saw this morning, we don't need God's help getting to hell. Adam sent us merrily on our way. And I say merrily because we are sinners by nature, choice, and practice, and we enjoy it when it happens. You say, well, I don't. Well, you may not now like you used to. There is a, if you're a child of God, there's a part of you that doesn't enjoy it. But I can tell you this, if you just gave over to your old Adam nature, to your old sin-cursed nature, you'd love it. Like a pig wallowing in the mire. Like a dog returning to his vomit. You know how I know you'd love it? 
because I've got that nature and I'm too intimately familiar with that nature. I've lived with that nature for 50-something years and that nature enjoys sin. Now, as I said, and this is another topic for another day, if you're a born-again child of God, there's also a part of you that hates it. That's why you'll find yourself conflicted, as Paul was in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. In the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, Paul sounded like somebody who was crazy, didn't he? He said, that which I would do, I don't. That which I would not, that I do. And he goes on back and forth constantly talking about that. And you know, honestly, if you stay engaged in habitual sin in your life, it will drive you crazy as a child of God. Now, we don't believe that God predestinated people to go to hell. The most clear example of that is found in Romans chapter 9 and verse 22. I'll just, say, just go to this quickly and then we'll move on. Notice after his discussion of the doctrine of election here, the purpose of God according to election, he asked this question. Paul says, what if God, in verse 22, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory? Notice what you got here. You've got vessels uh, of you've got vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, but you've got vessels of glory that he before prepared unto glory. You know what that tells me? That man without God is going to hell. But man with God, God had to take, make an effort. God had to actually, we see where he bared his holy arm to do what he did. You know, he could just speak the worlds into existence. He could just fling the stars out at his fingertips, but he had to get down and get dirty. He had to dirty himself with humanity. He had to become a man. I don't mean he was a sinful man. He was not a sinful man, but he became a man. And he came down here and he walked the dirty roads of this graveyard earth and he experienced sin in a way that the Godhead had never experienced it before by becoming sin for us. He couldn't just snap his fingers and save his people from his sins. He had to send his son as a man who was fully God at the same time to die for us, you see. But all he had to do to send us to hell is just leave us alone. He didn't doubly predestinate anything, but he did predestinate his children to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, tonight, as we move on, I want to deal with a couple of other things that we do not believe at this church. We do not believe in a chosen few. It's us four and no more. <laughs> you know, some people accuse us as primitive Baptists of being exclusive. Oh, that doctrine of election, that's an exclusive doctrine. But I want to tell you, beloved, those who believe in the doctrines of grace as they're taught in the Word of God are the most inclusive of all. Because you see, in truth, we are excluded in Adam. We were excluded by one man. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We are all excluded in Adam. There would be none included but for the grace of God in electing a people and predestinating us to be conformed to his image. Look with me back over in Romans chapter 8. When somebody says, we well, all believe you're part of the chosen few, I want you to notice what he says. In really the first place we read in the Bible, the term predestinated. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, 
He says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. That's the first time that term appears in the King James Bible. By the way, we said this morning that the doctrine of election is a reality in the Word of God. And you've got to do something with it. You can ignore it like most people do, or you can, you've got to either ignore it, or you've got to accept it, or you've got to reject it, or you've got to explain it away. Lord willing, before we get off of this Article 3, we're going to talk about some of the false explanations of election. One of them is this, that God looked down through time and he saw what you would do, and based on what choice you would make, he chose you. But that's not what I read in verse 29 here. It didn't say for what he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, for whom he did foreknow. It's a personal choice, it's a personal pronoun there. Whom he foreknew, he foreknew uh, uh, people intimately before the foundation of the world. He didn't say for whom he knew about or for whom he uh, uh, learned about what they would do. It says for whom he did foreknow. You see, the doctrine of election is about God's sovereign choice of a people before the foundation of the world. According to Romans 9, before they're ever able to do good or evil, before he's ever uh, uh, sees any merit in, in them at all, because there is no merit in them. Praise God he didn't look for merit because his choice of a people would be no people <laughs> if he looked for merit by the way that's sort of a half truth isn't it God did look down didn't he we're told in Psalm chapter 14 he looked down upon the children of men to see if there were any that did seek him any that did he said there's none good no not one they've all gone aside I'm so thankful that's not the right explanation brother Craig for the doctrine of election Notice what he says here. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among a mighty small number of people. Is that what it says? <laughs> it's not what my Bible says. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Many brethren. Don't let anybody tell you that you're part of a chosen few. I realize that there's very few, very few that believe the doctrines of grace today. There's, there's a, a bunch of primitive Baptist churches and some independent Baptist churches out there and maybe a few others out there that, 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 that believe in the doctrines, of, the, the doctrines of grace, but primarily the world as a whole, the majority of the world, the religious world, believes they've got to do something in order to go to heaven. Now, in that sense, there's just a few of us. <laughs> but you know, I'm thankful my Bible doesn't teach me that it's only primitive Baptists going to heaven. I heard Brother Ricky Harcrow up here in this pulpit one time say, I got some good news for you. He said, there's going to be some Catholics in heaven. He said, but they're not going to be there because they're Catholic. He said, there's going to be some Methodists in heaven, but they're not going to be there because they're Methodists. He said, I got some even better news for you. There's going to be some primitive Baptists in heaven, but they're not going to be there because they're primitive Baptists. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> I'm so thankful that, that we don't believe that there's just a few people going to heaven. So, so you say, preacher, tell me about that from the scripture. Let's see it. Well, first of all, we've seen it here. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren, not a few, many brethren. And in fact, if you'll keep studying the word of God, and especially if you look over to the seventh chapter of Revelation, you're going to find that it's not a chosen few, but it is a Great multitude of people. I believe untold millions of people. Notice in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. 
as John is getting a view of heaven here, this is a view, a heavenly view. God has opened the doors and he has pulled back the curtain, if you will, and he's allowing him to see some things that are going on into heaven. And by the way, if you look at the vision that John had of heaven and you go back to Ezekiel's vision of heaven and you go back to Isaiah's vision of heaven in Isaiah chapter 6, you're going to see they're very similar. You know, it makes me think there's no time in heaven. Perhaps they're looking at the very same thing, you know. <laughs> But notice what it says in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb." Isn't that glorious to think about that one day we're going to be standing in heaven in the midst of a great multitude which no man can number. What that means is, is you can't count high enough to figure out how many people there are in heaven. You can't count high enough. You can't spend enough time counting up the numbers that's in heaven. It is a great multitude which no man can number. It's a multitude that's, that's uncountable by man. And I want you to notice... Here, back over in Revelation chapter 5, you know, sometimes we get this idea that it's, as I said, it's us four and no more. It's just all the people that look like us, all the people that worship like us. I'm so thankful that, it's, that, the, that the multitudes of God's people are not limited to the people that worship just like we do. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I believe that we are doing, we're doing our best, and I know we're doing our best. I believe we're trying to worship God as closely to the model of the New Testament church as we possibly can from the Word of God. And I wish everybody worshiped the way we did. I wish everybody believed the way we did. Every child of God ought to believe these truths. And I wish, I believe they would find great peace and comfort in the worship services as we do it here. But let me tell you, it's not just going to be people who worship like we do. It's not going to be just people who look like we do. There's been a great movement among primitive Baptist churches over in Africa. Uh, Brother Tim and several others have been over there, and they've taken the Word of God to the African people. They don't do things like we do over there in their social lives. They don't do things in their culture over there like we do. They don't look like we do. But notice what it says here. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. <laughs> Oh, praise God. We, see, we heard Jesus back over, I believe it's in uh, John, the 12th chapter, in the 32nd verse. He said, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That doesn't mean every single man of Adam's posterity. That's talking about all kinds of men. From all kind, in fact, if you go back and read chapter 12, you're going to see that, that, uh, that the context there of what Jesus is talking about, he's, he's just ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey, and he's gotten over there, and some Greeks have showed up. And they've come around, and they've said, Sir, we would see Jesus. Sir, we want to see Jesus. We want to see Him. And they're Greeks over there. And they joined the worship service and the Pharisees said to themselves, what we're doing is not working. The whole world's following Him. They were disgusted by it. They said, I can't believe these dirty Greeks, these filthy Greeks are over there and they're worshiping Him too. We're the Jews and we're the ones that have the true worship of God. And Jesus Christ stood up and He began to make these statements and He concluded it there by saying, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And you're not going to be 
just seeing Jews in heaven. You're not going to be just seeing Greeks in heaven. You're not going to just be seeing white folks or black folks or red folks or yellow folks. You're going to see all kind of folks in heaven out of every kindred and nation and tongue and tribe. Oh, praise God. I'm so thankful to know that it's not just a few of us that are here tonight. I love y'all, and I want to be in heaven with y'all. It'll be great to be in heaven with y'all, but I don't want it to be just y'all. There's some folks missing tonight. There's some folks that aren't here tonight from our church. There's some folks in my family that don't go to this church and don't believe like we do. There's some folks in my family that don't go to church. And, they, and I want to, you know, I believe I see the fruits of the Spirit in their lives. They just don't follow up with it by going to church. I want to be in heaven with every single one of God's children. Oh, it's a multitude that no man can number. Out of every kindred and nation and tongue and tribe, we here at Zion Primitive Baptist Church, do not believe in a chosen few. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.